2018, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a Discord server for a crime they did not commit. These men promptly escaped from the maximum security stockade to the Sydney Underground. Today, still wanted by social media, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Para Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast and round one win in the books. Oh, there we are. Take that, you rat bags. The worst is ours. Again, suck on that. Yeah, I can I just say, just before we get into the rest of the podcast, you know, our Ford pack stomped on them like a, a certain tyrant. Uh, actually, I won't go on with that. <laughs> Yay. Shots fired! Shots fired! <laughs> Um, all right. Well, first of all, it was a very good weekend for the Parramatta Eels across all grades. Well, um, well, well, most grades. One. Someone let them down, yeah. <laughs> one, one let us down, but um, for obvious reasons. But um, first we'll get to the junior reps, then we'll jump into the um, Country Rugby League rep, junior reps. Uh, then, of course, across the Shield, Ron Massey, um, reserve grade, Fleg had a global buy. And then, of course, we'll jump into that first grade review, jump into some news, including some of the, the terrible injury news out of that first round clash. And then we'll jump into the previews for the upcoming week. But let's just start it off with Atasha Gales picking up another win. Um, so that was 16 to 10 against the Roosters Indigenous Academy. That's with, the fourth of the season now, isn't it? That's right. Four oh, better than last year. Love double, them all. They've doubled their wins. And I tell you what, uh, Footy Arlo, she is um, on the try scoring list every single week. And this week, there's two new names that I haven't seen around: Coomson and Patty, also picking up a try. But um, great, great showing. It was six all at half time, and then the ladies kicked on to um, win at sixteen ten at full time. Um, did anybody? Did you manage to get out to New Era Stadium here or forty? I was um, up in Newcastle, so I thought, I thought, you know plan a trip up to my grandparents' house. They live 300 metres away from um, Caves Beach. You know, lovely. Been hot and sunny weather. Get up there, pouring rain. <laughs> the one weekend. Uh, yeah. I was um, unlucky. I was scheduled to get out there, but my my sister called me up and, like the day before, or two days before, I think it was, and her, her daughter's got a big um, video assignment, so I was helping her for documentary on phobias over the weekend. So that's that's my... I was well, you know what? Penrith have a phobia of winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Got him. And then into the mats. Okay, I've practiced these. I'm going to get them. 12 10 <laughs> win. Lealua Lotu and mm. Lutua Nau with oh, tries. Lovely. Um, and then Tatino with a um, double off the boot. There was a sin bin. And was there also a um, send off? A send off for the Eels. So, um, yes. Ham, I hear you're going to get some word this weekend. Um, I'll, try we'll get get some, that I'll try and get the inside scoop. Yeah, so obviously Balmain Tigers, um, they started it all. It was obviously their fault. And poor, um, who, who got sent off actually? It was um, um, Kalachi. Kalachi, yeah. A, 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 a gentleman like Kalachi, I can't see it anything being from his side. So um, obviously, refs paid. Balmain Tigers have done something dirty. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what actually happened. <laughs> Um, then into the SG ball, 34-16 to 16 over the Thunderbolts. Unfortunately, we thought they'd wrap up a bit of a score at halftime. It was only 16-12. Um, but the try scorers, Kamalafi, Jacob Arthur, uh, Leozu, Moala, and two to Tyler Field, and Leozu with five from six off the boot. Um, so 
nobody got down there for that, but obviously it didn't play out as 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 well as we thought. And the, this the, SG ball team is still they're still right up the very top of this well, competition. That's all but we'll say, is that the win leaves them in an outright first. So <laughs> even if they're not winning as convincingly as we'd like, they're you know they're doing better than a lot of the competition. It looks like. Yeah, well, you can't complain with that coming first and still needing um, a bit of improvement. So, we'll yeah, see they have the third worst differential of the top eight teams. Only seventh and eighth have worse differential than us. So, but no, good on them. And then we move over to the Johns, 40 to 10 over the um, Central Coast Roosters. Uh, Ham, you touched on it last week. Unfortunately, they left their run a little bit too late, so they won't be playing the finals. Um, but they. Uh, at least they've given a good showing in the last two rounds. Yeah, well, that's the main thing, you know. Um, a lot of these uh, players are only 15 years old, so um, I think I think we'll see a lot of them coming up next year into the Harold Matthews team. And But, yeah, it's just obviously they didn't have enough time together. They were only sort of starting to gel this week and last week. If there was a, a nine-round competition um, like the Harold Matthews is, you never know. Something might have been able to spark up there and they might have been able to make the final. But anyway, good on them for winning the last two games. Yeah, something to build on for next year. And as as we touched on, it's only the first year in this competition. Uh, whereas in the Daily Cup, there was a lot of sort of transfer over from our um, New South Wales Rugby League uh, junior reps. Um, but it didn't seem to have as high a turnover into the Johns um, for obvious reasons. Um, but then into the Daily, who will make the finals coming in second overall with a 22-16 win over country, uh, sorry, Central Coast Roosters. Um, if results had gone their way, they would have been outright first, but unfortunately it wasn't to be. Do you have anything to touch on that, Ham? Or we, we've got the final coming up, not this weekend, but I think the next weekend. Yeah, um, I didn't get to see this game on YouTube. I just sort of was too, too many times watching the first grade Replay. <laughs> I will eventually watch man, it, but not for this, time for this right? podcast. And then in other results in the Shield, Guildford Owls, which is sort of our feeder in that, uh, got up 26 to 14. And then in the Ron Massey Cup, 22 to 12 over Cabramatta. Um, I don't know what was going on with Bo Henry. Only three from four off the boot, <laughs> not up to his perfect standards. So. Only round one, mate. It's only round one. Yeah, I'll have to have a chat to him. Um, but. A name that you like to see, Schaffhausen, yep. over the try, getting a try, and Eli Roberts, Danny Howard, and um, Darice Miller Darice as Miller. well, also picking up a try. Then into the one negative, from, well, not the one negative, but negative in terms of results for the weekend, uh, the ISP. Um, and given, you know, Penrith's, um, well, at least their fans' view on things, they won the ISP, so they really won the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, Frank Winterstein did score, so that's all they were worried about. Top tier recruitment, right there. <laughs> Twenty-two to twelve over Western. Uh, sorry, Wentworthville Magpies. Um, Malachi. Oh, sorry, don't care about the Panthers try scorers. Yeah. Um, Bergerman and Minhinik getting a try with Keegan getting two from two off the boot. Um, unfortunately, not enough to, to get over. And we, we touched in the preview about the um, the issues with this ISP team at the moment. Very low on troops. That's already coming into the first grade where you've only got yeah. two players inside our top 28, which we haven't been able to play as yet. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Um, they've got a 
not great team list again this weekend, unfortunately. Um, but we'll just have to see. And and Bevan French, he copped an injury, didn't he, in that game? Yeah, I didn't really notice him go off. He was just, I think after a Penrith try, I noticed he wasn't defending at fullback. So not not sure what happened at all there. He didn't only played 25 or so minutes. A bit disappointing, but yeah. And he hasn't popped up on the injury list this week, has he? No, he was on no. an extended bench for first grade, yeah. All oh, right. Then someone, in- must have, someone must have knocked him across the jaw and went, wasn't seen bin. Or a, or a Tyson Frizzell, maybe. Mm, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers, fingers crossed not. That, that's an awful um, sort of um, Yeah, no, thank you. Unlucky. I've got balls <laughs> of steel. That's, um, mm. yeah, not, not, not where Tyson's at, it, unfortunately. Oh, God. Do I get a um? Do I get compensation in my? No, you don't league? get to pick up one of the nads off the ground. No, nah, no. Nah, do I get compensation, man? When I recruited him for my fantasy, he had two functioning he's, testes. He's, now he's, he's got he's half he's half the fantasy player now. <laughs> exactly. So he should be half the price. Maybe they'll give him double points just to uh, just as a ego Tyson. Oh, this whole section. How about they don't count balls for? How about they don't count drop balls? How about that? All right, well, let's jump into the first grade. The result we all wanted to hear, Eels 20, Panthers 12. Uh, try scorers first, tr- uh, two, two debutant try scorers, all getting their first in the NRL, Murata Neokore and Reed Marnie. And then Michael Jennings grabbing a double and that second up try sealing the game. Um, let's just run through some stats quickly and then we'll jump into our review. So possession, 60% to the Eels, 70% completion rate, 32 completed sets from 46. All runs, 196, outscoring by about 50. 1,558 run metres, outscoring by about 400. 515 post-contact metres, outscoring 376. Three line breaks to two. 28 tackle breaks, um, and then average play the ball speed. So they didn't pick this up after the trial match, four seconds to three seconds, even with Panthers laying all over us again. Still got that roll on, still um, powered up the field. 14 offloads in the wet weather. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wasn't it the second most of the round? Uh, it the was, Warriors yeah, there, was, the there was a tight, tied first for Warriors-Tigers, and then we were second, so yeah. third overall. Um, and then total kick metres, 555, uh, 80% kick defusal, and we forced two dropouts, Panthers uh, forcing five. Um, then 280 tackles, Panthers had to make 403, and 30 missed tackles to 28. We only conceded two penalties to the Panthers, 10, and it was 15 errors apiece. So, jump in. What a win. <laughs> First of all, how happy... How good is it just to have a win round one, especially against Penrith at Penrith? There's the one game that I want to win every single year. The, Penrith the, at Penrith. The so. curse was reversed as well, wasn't it? Like the the deja vu of that game was like impeccable. Up fourteen nil, Michael Jennings gets sin binned. It was literally the same script from last year in round one, 2018. Up at eight points at half time. Exactly. Because we were eight nil this year, fourteen to six last year, but. Yeah, it's just Penrith had nothing. Like the only time they scored was when we had twelve players on the field. To me, that says more about our defence because I look at their attack and I'm I'm not really convinced. But our defence, our commitment to actually turn Penrith around, who are a very much a momentum team, um, you know, turn that momentum around. As soon as Jennings come back on the field, they were doing nothing. 
um, BA said it, but the defense of Dylan Brown, I, he chopped Isaiah Yo in half. And not just Dylan Brown, but also Mitch Moses, those oh. two on the goal line in that one one set. Yeah, back-to-back tackles there. That was, that was unbelievable. And, you know, there was a few comments about Moses' attitude um, last year and whatever, but that's the way you go about um, curbing those rumours. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, being a bit chirpy gets you a... An unwarranted push in the back from a bloke running 20 metres in, but, you know, you you won't have anything made about that on... What, what's that stupid show? Is it the Big Rap or whatever the fuck Big it is? Big Rap. <laughs> Bonnie, hang your head in shame. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need the shame macro for that one. That was bad, though. How good was it to see my boy score the first try? My boy Murata. <laughs> I'll tell you long what. Long time coming. I'll tell you what, it could have been a lot easier for him if Tacker stepped back on the inside there. You know, I think it was Dylan Edwards coming across a few steps back on the inside. It's a four-on-one. Could have scored under the posts. I'm in love with Marata. He running, he rolling. <laughs> he picks up the ball. He's scoring. Na, 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 na. No, but yeah. Back to the game. Um, yeah, it's honestly like uh, it's a great performance by the team. You know, um, we we didn't we had to, we had to have any errors to be honest. Like we'll um, and we looked better compared to last year. Obviously, like. What a difference Dylan Brown makes. I know he didn't have the superstar debut like that Warriors um, half did, but it was a positive step in the direction for his career. And, you know, I'd rather him to have a slow, progressive career, you know, over the weeks as opposed to like, you know, Kieran might, that guy, whatever his name is, he might have a good game next week and then he'll have a bad game the following week. So, like, well, it's a constant rise, not like a roller coaster. But I don't know. What would you rather your um, young gun halfback slash 5'8 have? a 40 nil romp against a team that was never in it or, you know, a, a close shootout with a quote-unquote premiership heavyweight, which we can dispute the validity of that statement, but yeah. the media love it. But, um, but see, look, there's highlights of Kieran, but there's no highlights of Brown besides the tackles he's made. And that's a good highlight of those highlights, you know? I mean, I'd have to say my highlight for Brown was after after those two trials were put on, putting in that low kick and for um that, for, for then Mick Jennings to redeem himself and take um Dallin Martini to Lesniak That's exactly over. what Brad Arthur singled out in the post-game uh, conference was that, you know, he had the two tries or pseudo tries. He set up the, the two tries, but um Lane and um Guffo had the final passes. But uh, it was that kick that showed all the poise and um, game management that you want to see out of a young half. I'll tell you what I, my highlight for Dylan Brown was. When Reed Marnie got hit by uh, Campbell Gillard, yep. and Dylan Brown just went in there, just picked him up and thought, I'm going to take this big fucking pussy on. <laughs> it was at this moment he knew he fucked up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, like, if you see the last try... And and the who was it? Someone on the NRL said they said it like the breath he takes to set up the essentially the second last pass. Like you can like if that was Norman, like I don't want to shout fresh heads at Norman, but he would he would have rushed and probably threw it into the defender. But yeah, he's got composure, which is like I think it was something we needed last year, which I think we did. So Joey Johns that said it so nicely. Yeah. He's got quick yeah. feet and slow hands. Um, he'll you know toy with the defensive line and realign their, you know, their, their responsibilities so quickly, you know, in the space of like two steps, you know, he's drifting left and then straightens up, but then he's got the hands to just get the ball in the right place at the right time. So, you know, I might, I might make like a bold prediction or oh, not no. prediction, like a statement. If oh, there no. wasn't wet weather football, we would have seen way more from Brown in terms oh, of his that's, footwork. That's not a bold prediction, like, man. 
So like that's why I'm just I'm I'm actually happy glad I'm can't wait for him to get on a dry track essentially you know. I'd say, I'd say what's also um, amazing is that's the first time or second time that he and Sean Lane have played together on a footy yeah, that, field. Yeah, that combination is looking mint. And yeah. that last try, they were just all on sync on that left edge because the the line that Sean Lane ran got it, it, well. Also, Dylan bringing it to the line and straightening up. But the two, the combo together, just opened that up to have that three-on-one out the back. Um, so, yeah, Sean Lane's line running is going to be huge this year, um, as well as having Dylan Brown alongside him to sort of get that tandem going. I'll tell you what's going to be um, a weapon in the future is when Lane starts running that unders line that's going to hold up that middle defence and then Dill uses his speed to burn a slow edge defender on the outside because he will break through and he'll score a try. Well, he nearly did that down the right edge. There was nothing yeah. nothing on. He just like floated across field, put the foot down, and the defenders barely held on to him. Um, but, what, but, but one of the big things for me this game was just the little things, which is, you know, a bit of an oxymoron there, big things and little things being together. But uh, it was, you know, Mitchell Moses have the, having the called shots for the, the grubber kick to Sean Lane and the grubber kick to Dylan, uh, Dylan Brown, both of which nearly resulted in tries. And then you also had that the called kick from um, Brown to Jennings that Hamish mentioned before. And it was just, you know... Real quality football for round one. And, you know, and, and we weren't near our ceiling either. So it was a really nice and encouraging hit out. Um, you know, Penrith, you know, fired, fired their shots at us and there was a lot of blanks. But, you know, they, they needed the one-man advantage to get back into the game. The, the boys were just hungry and, you know, they, they played to their game plan. Um, and having speaking of game plans, I think the Eels had one that made sense, whereas Penrith um, had a bit of a head scratcher, didn't they, Ham? Oh. Yeah, well, the bomb to Ferguson, like I understand you don't want him bringing out the ball on the second and third tackle to get those, but he's never going to be able to, like you, you're going up against Josh Mansour who's giving away a foot, like yeah, madness. <laughs> Dumb. I tell you what, Tepai had a good game. I, I was a bit hesitant him playing prop because I'm, a, I'm always hesitant with him with his uh, head injuries, like you're putting him closer to the more contact. He lost he his headgear well. on the first yeah, hit first up. Hit up yeah. <laughs> But he's actually did well. I'm actually um, surprised that he actually did well at prop. But, um, yeah. Well, he's going to have to play in the middle a bit more going on when we get to the injury news. Um, but I just – I thought we started off in our kicking game like we are trying to test them out with the high high bombs under in wet weather footy. But I didn't think that was the play. And it's something that I heard back when I was watching the replay with Sturlo is I thought those sort of slice kicks – where they're going to be able to grubber along the ground. And I think after about 15, 20 minutes, Moses and sort of Brown, they must have got the message out there. And instead of doing those nothing bombs, they started, you know, kicking them along the ground and, and it resulted in a, a fair few turnovers. And I think that was the, the biggest plays of the game were those turnovers, whether it be from a bell ringer tackle or from, you know, Penrith just dropping it cold. Um, but that, that was one of the big areas of the game. We were just more physical and just dominated their pack, even though we were missing Nathan Brown for the majority of the game. You're also missing um, Manu Mau, and then you're starting or your your premier prop in Junior Paulo. Um, there's no excuses for Penrith when you're coming up against I mean, a team missing their hey, three best for, uh, forwards. Let's 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 not be too harsh. I mean, when you've got Ragan and Campbell trying to tackle Reed Marnie, that's a pretty big handicap for Penrith there. <laughs> But um, yeah, we we just out enthused and out hit and um and outran them right through the middle, and that was evident in our trial two weeks ago, and it was good to see us back it up into round one, 
And now we have an opportunity, you know, obviously next week to do exactly the same, even with our, you know, limited forward options. But that's how we, we went to the top four in 2017. You know, we, we didn't have the biggest pack, but we had, you know, nice mobility and some ball playing ability. Mm. And, you know, they just, they were hungrier than their opposition on a weekly basis. And we left a couple of tries out there. Um, Forty, you touched on in the Discord uh, with Sean Lane. Unfortunately, that ball took a wicked bounce, and he yeah. wasn't able to get to it. But then uh, Tepai Moroa being absolutely robbed. I don't know how you send that up a try. Uh, Where's the conclusive evidence to overturn that? I I can't see it, and I still can't see it. There's got to be conclusive evidence. And you know, Penrith will have the return. Will say, uh, oh well, what about um, Waka Blake? His was sent up as a no try. You have to have yeah, conclusive exactly. evidence to overturn that. So it's the reverse position. Um, and that's just how it is these days. And I don't know where they got that conclusive evidence. But going on from that, the very next set, because, of course, Regan Campbell-Gillard, being the flat-track bully he is, goes and heads high Moses, <laughs> Moses yeah. get a penalty from that, and then lead to a try in the next uh, very next set. Um, so we did it the hard way, um, but it's good to see that last year we clearly lacked mental resilience. We clearly lacked, um, you know, that sort of, toughness to get back into the game and somebody had dropped their head and then the rest of the team had dropped their head but in this game you could see you know we having those feelings 14 nil up or we're going to 14 nil dickhead ourselves <laughs> but they turned it around um and especially michael jennings you know that's a player we were very down on last year uh who finished off his season with a sin binning and and break it breaking down um in the dressing room uh, when he was sin binned to get himself sin binned which is a new interpretation which we'll get to in the news um, and then coming out, and his next two plays are taking Dallin Wateni's Lesniak out um, and then scoring that uh, game-sealing try. So it's just really good to see that fight back, that bounce back, that mental resilience and mental toughness to get on with the job and not be sort of frustrated out of a game when things don't go your way. Another thing I wanted to touch on quickly was um, how refreshing it was to see patience in the red zone. Um, on the coverage, they kept bringing up, you know, Parramatta have had 20 tackles. Parramatta have had 40 tackles in the red zone compared to Penrith. But I'd like to see our boys in our halves get through their sets and then, you know, enforce a pressure kick. And um, Mitchell Moses was really good in that regard for most of the game with his um, grubber kicks and um, the one crossfield kick that he put across to uh, lead to Murata's try. Um, but, you know, just taking through the maximum tackle count and then not giving away a seven-tackle set and in those sort of conditions, it's huge. And, you know, seeing the boys play to that game plan and play with that patience was really, really encouraging, um, especially for Moses, who's, you know, at times can be not not scatterbrained or anything, but, you know, he, he can get a little bit flustered when it comes to taking the right option. But he was um, very composed throughout Sunday afternoon. Very true. My stepdad was saying like, oh, well, why aren't you getting it out? Why aren't you getting, you know, look, they're setting up for a repeat set and they'll have a get, they'll have another go on the next set. Because exactly. you could clearly see there was a game plan to keep Penrith down their end and make them, if you're not going to get a repeat set, at least slog it out from their own five metre line to go, you know, 95 metre field in the wet and the, the cold and the mud. But having said that, and we touched on the offload factor earlier, but they didn't get caught in the trap of trying to play wet weather football um, and getting hyper-focused on that. When the opportunity presented itself to offload, barring one bad offload from Tim Manor, they threw a ton of good offloads. And um, that kept Penrith rocked on their heels for the first part of the game. So that's um, kudos to the, the coaching staff and the players for you know seeing an opportunity in, in testing conditions and backing themselves to take it. Yep, good game plan, well executed. And when things didn't go their way with the Michael Jennings send-off, the, the mental fortitude to turn it around and, and close out a game. 
Um, so hopefully we can see that, you know, it's only round one, 24 rounds to go, long, very long way to go as BA touched on in his presser. Um, but it's a very good start and it's something that we'd wanted to see after the disappointment of, of 2018. Um, Just right. as quickly, yeah, um, yep. did anyone get their predictions right? I don't think so. I, I had eight to six or something. I had, so a, I had, somebody somebody had like two nil. <laughs> I had 26-12 or 28-26-12, no, I think. I think I had 28-10 or something like that. Um, yeah, know. well, Bertie, Bertie and um, Forty were closest. Yeah, but if you add the goal kicking and add Tepai's try, that becomes 30. And if you take away the 10 minutes where Penrith scored, that's nil. So that's 30. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Uh, well, let's just touch on, um, as you said, the, the, the only negatives that I can see from that, um, apart from the injury news, is Mitch Again, off the boot, where we have to go up by sixes, not fours. Um, so he's really got to hone his goal kicking um, because it's going to come back to bite at some point in this season, and that might be the difference between playing finals football or not. Absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. just, the, the first one I can understand being a wet afternoon um, right on the sideline, that's that's excusable. I can understand that one. The, the next one from... Um, 10 metres to the right thereabouts. Yeah, that was that's the one you should... you got to nail that one. And then, yeah, but the first one I can understand why you miss. That's that one's understandable. But those ones a bit closer to the posts, you got you. He has to nail that one. And then, um, if he does, that's uh, six points in front. Uh, that was eighteen twelve. It would have made it, and Penrith wouldn't have even looked like um, being close, even if they scored again. So, yeah, he, he needed to get that one. All right, well, let's jump into the news and we'll start with the judiciary. Um, so, Michael Jennings has entered an early guilty play for a grade two careless high tackle following the Eels round one clash against Penrith Panthers. That will see him rubbed out for the round two clash against Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Now, let's get to this new interpretation. So, if you've listened to the audio from the ref, they've got a discretion now. And um, the head ref said, I don't think he's going to be able to come back on the field. Therefore, you're going to have to spend 10 in the bin. So we've been saying for years that, you know, uh, if a player gets taken out and they're off for the rest of the game, then they don't get any benefit from a player being put on the report and then punished. But now that brings up a new set of issues, one being a player is going to stay down in order to milk something like that, and two the issue of double jeopardy. So Michael Jennings already sits 10 minutes out in that game, but now he's going to sit out a whole another 80 minutes in the next game. Um, what are your takes? Um, at the time, I had a problem with the sin binning because I, I didn't know the rule exactly, but I get I get, I understand it now, so I, I, I agree with it. Um, what I would also like to see is if um, possible, well, I think it should just be, not just because of this rule, I think it should be what happens anyway, is you could still keep, um, we named 21 players, still keep players 18 and 19. And then if someone does go off for HIA because of illegal play, they can then come on to the bench. Yep. No, that's a, that's a common sense approach. Um, but it also brings up those issues of somebody milking it or in the HIA um, to say, or oh, let's say we, we swap a forward who's already done 40 minutes work for the last 30 minutes of the game, you got somebody f- some fresh legs. I, I think I you can just, just see that. Yeah, I think you just being, ex- you'd accept that as baggage and part and the parcel of of the system, you know. Because if every team's gaming it, then everyone has the same advantage, right? Um, you'd rather just have that mechanism there in case an, a core playmaker is hurt. Um, you know, in our case, if that had been Mitchell Moses when Wanga Baker pushed him in the back and he had to go off for a concussion test, you know, you'd, you'd want to be able to have a half replace him off the bench or off the extended bench. Sorry. 
But yeah, they're I'm more. You go, I'm sorry for you. No, you go, buddy. I'm more shitty. Like if this was an isolated incident, I'd be all right with the punishment. But Latron Mitchell did something identical, and he didn't get punished. All he got was a fifteen hundred dollar fine. Like yeah, which is nothing. Like and think yeah. about how much these players are earning. Fifteen hundred dollars yeah. is nothing. That was um, that's see, how much they spend on a night out. Oh, for sure. Like so. Like okay. He gets Simbin. I understand that because they're not going to have a play return. But why should we miss? Like, if he gets a week, then Latron Mitchell gets a week. You know, there's no difference. What did he hit him harder? Like, how can you tell that? Like, I don't understand how Latrell's is a grade one watching, and Watts is a grade two. Watching like, poor Kent, poor Kent contort and bend himself over backwards to justify why Latrell didn't deserve it, either the Simbinning or the week off is pretty hilarious. Um, you know, it's just a case of consistency. And and literally in the same round, we've already seen a case where you know. Uh, uh, What's it called? Uh, sorry, incident, incident. They, you know, didn't apply similar uh, logic to the the findings, and that's the most frustrating thing. Is um, I saw that Latrell shot, and it's pretty nasty, and it, I, I'd argue it was nastier than the Michael Jennings shot, um, which had Dylan. Well, why why are we being punished for Isaiah Yo having a glass jaw and Sam Burr just not having one? And I, I the, think the not to take away the onus is on Michael Jennings to get it right, and you know there was a falling player. But then I think you look even in that same game, you've got James Maloney with a swinging arm to Sean, Sean Lane's head. He'd have to get up on his pogo stick yeah. to get up there because that bloke's <laughs> freaking two and a half meters tall. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think you also look at Waka Blake, like he runs 20 minute meters to push an unsuspecting player in the back to floor him. You know, there's there's much more. Um, I'd say there's there's a greater, um, you know, he's put thought and process in that to go out of his way and That's actually hit somebody. Exactly. Whereas Michael Jennings, whilst I say the onus is on him to get it right, it's still um, a tackle. It's a foot. It's a regulation tackle. It's a difference between a football injury and a you know a pseudo premeditated you know act of foul play. Um, and there's a big difference. And unfortunately, NRL don't seem to think so when it comes to judicial grading. And that, but the Matrix Committee has been a, a real form on the side, not for the Parramatta Eagles, but for the wider NRL um, for a long time. There is no consistency, consistency, um, you know, week to week, game to game in their gradings of, um, you know, similar incidents or, or important incidents. Why did not the club fight it? But like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Is he going to get two weeks or is it just two games? Just, yeah, two games. Um, but we, yeah, uh, we, I, we I think he a, takes the t- cops the punishment. That's we, the, that's the right. We idea. also have a history of not fighting these charges, so that that's so just like a, as a club. Like, when's the last time we fought a charge? And like, even Reed Marnie last year, like, because he took the early guilty plea, he got a um, a stupid tackle in the Darwin yeah, game, which was like a stupid grade, and he missed a week because yeah. of that. Like, it's just just fight it, just show some fucking cojones and do something. Like, I think. With this instance, I reckon because it's the first one, we'll be making an example of here. Yeah. They'd probably make an example. They'd tell the judiciary panel, like, make an example of it if they want to fight it. Well, we're not going to allow this. You know, just just being the first one, round one, we've brought in this new rule. We've got to make it stand, and we can't make it look like a, a shambles. All right, then on to the other terrible news out of that game, um, Nathan Brown. It's now been confirmed a pectoral injury. Um, so that right pec, or was it left pec? Left pec, I believe. Left pec, my apologies. Yeah. So he's going to be out until at least around 12 to 14. Uh, pecs aren't as bad as they used to be, as touched on by um, the NRL physio. physio. Yeah. So it's not six months. 
Um, but still, for a bloke that's had an injury effect of 2018, uh, who worked his ring off for the last five months and then to be out within the first 17 minutes of the first, mm. first game of the season, um, it's a terrible off blow for Nathan. Um, but knowing Nathan, he's going to be working his ass off to get back into that uh, squad as quickly as he can. Yeah, it's disappointing. And then even when he does come back, there'll be that um, confidence issue there. And, you know, round 14 is a lot better than what I, I, I was expecting him to come back around 20. You know, so round 14, that's good. It's a good time for him to come back. What's that, 10 games until the finals? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Round 14. Oh, okay, that's all right then. So, that's yeah, good, it, it sucks. Good work up. Good and build up. He was actually looking really sharp that game too. He was tearing into the defensive line of the Panthers um, with Looks his runs. Big hits too. Mm, yeah, he was, you know, hunting the, the Pender forwards. But um, we're, I suppose we're, you know, somewhat fortunate that even though our depth has been tested pretty significantly, you know, just one week into the competition, we've still got, you know, some useful guys coming back in junior. Um, we've got a young guy in Oregon that can probably do a job for us off the bench. Um, you know, and, and once we get some clarity on the Penny Terepo situation, that'll also, you know, potentially give us a, some um, some useful contri- uh, contributors off the bench, um, you know, between him, uh, Manor, Gower, and um, maybe, maybe Oregon or Kane. But um, yeah, it sucks. He's you know his what Guffo is to our back line is what you know Brownie is to our forward pack. They're both the talismanic you know hearts of those um, two units. And and like um, Hamish was saying, that's two years in a row now that um you know he's been curtailed by injury, and that's unfortunate. Sorry about that, guys. My phone. And then on to the next bit of news. Reed Marnie at the back of the game uh, was one of the first to jump out of his car when another in St Clair on Sunday night, smashing into a barrier and sliding into the middle of the road. The young rake, who only a couple of hours earlier had helped the Eels to victory in their first match of the year against Panthers, stayed with the driver until help arrived on the scene. Club officials were unaware of Marnie's actions when contacted on Monday, but they weren't surprised given his character. Reed's a terrific young bloke, Chief Executive Bernie Gurr said. And that's from Michael Chamis, who's now with the NRL, I understand. Um, so invest in Cash Marnie, and Cash Marnie will invest in you. <laughs> Um, not much more to touch on there. And then the last bit of news, um, again from Chamis, or is it Camus? I don't know. Chamis, I think it is. Um, Parramatta to make a coaching call on Arthur mid-season. So as part of doing a mid-season review, um, the, the big issue is going to be whether to extend Brad Arthur beyond this season, uh, which will ultimately... Um, come down to how we're traveling along at that point in time. Um, so it gives everybody a bit of clarity. He's off contract at the end of the year. We're not going to make a decision until, you know, after round 12 or 13. Um, so that that just makes sense. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, we do have a pretty pretty rough start to the season. Um, after this week, we've got the Roosters and Sharks, who Roosters always a bogey team for us for the past few years with putting big scores on us. Um, the Sharks always seem to get a last grasp win or win by, you know, a converted try or something. So, um, yeah, the reported six to eight weeks, I thought that was crap from the start because I, I couldn't see it happening. And I hope Brad does get the extension, I hope, for him, for his sake, because he's stuck by us and everything and he could have easily left when all that um, salary cap stuff was happening. And when you look out, at the coaching ranks, not much out there. So, and the, the exactly that's that's one of my two points I was going to make is that the first point is that since he took over in 2014, Parramatta have been on a consistent, if you know, gradual upwards trajectory, despite some of the biggest handicaps you know that you've seen, not just recently but historically in the NRL and even the ARL before that. 
you know, he was, um, you know, lambasted with cap problems um, off the, you know, off the field of the board. Um, you know, he inherited, like, arguably the weakest roster in the history of the modern game. You know, after what, you know, Kearney and Ricky Stewart, had, you know, put through the, the, the cleaners for us. And then the second thing is what you touched on is that you want a big upgrade if you're going to move on from Brad Arthur. You don't want to just go sideways or downwards, which is, you know, a very real risk, unfortunately. You look at the, the names that are being linked consistently to the role and you talk about Trent Barrett, you know, like, really? Trent Barrett? Um, you know, and the one that I was speaking to him about earlier um, in the week was that I expect to be, you know, not just with the Parramatta Eagles, but in general, be um, Demetrio from South Sydney. He's a name that's going to get thrown out a lot because he's, the, you know, the next hot thing as an attacking coach. But once again, you're now, going... Is it, oh, yeah, he's at South. He's with South of Bennett now, yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you're rolling the dice on an unproven rookie, and sometimes that works, as you saw last year with Anthony Seabold. But, you know, uh, you'd rather have a consistent, you know, Premiership caliber coach, and unfortunately, they're few and far between in the NRL, and they're locked up pretty tight and with their current clubs. And it should be said, Seabold had some um, some help from the Eels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, with the assistance, um, uh, Peter gentle. gentle, gentle. Yes, that's right. So. I'm all for waiting because it's going to be a big decision. You know, like we want success as a fan and. You know, worst case scenario, he's not the coach, so we find a new coach. But if we do well, and as they report in the article, if he does, if he, we do well, rival clubs will be um, circling. I'm sure Brad Arthur has enough loyalty for this. I'm sure he loves this club enough that the only way he's going to leave us is if he gets like a Bennett Tinkler deal, where it's like a million a year and like ridiculous bonuses for making top eight. So like, there's no way he's leaving us. He, he loves the club. You know, why else would you put yourself, your whole, your livelihood, and your family through this? if you didn't like the club, you know, you know, it's not for money. So well, if Brad Arthur's not here in 2020, I would say it's on account of the club rather than the man himself. They decided. Yeah, exactly. to move on. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the news unless touched. Nope. Other than, um, I've put up a nice clip of it, but, uh, um, Luai, the reason for Guthers <laughs> kicking out, <laughs> spotted that on the replay. It's uh, just, just looking yeah. to get knighted as we were talking about in the discord server. Yeah, sh- I tell you what, if, if he'd get a fair bit closer if somebody got a, his phone camera out and started filming it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, on to previews. Tasha Gales won. So it's a big weekend against the Bulldogs in pretty much all grades. Um, but kicking it all off, Tasha Gales, 1pm on Saturday, the 23rd of March, um, up against the Bulldogs at Belmore. Um how are the Bulldogs travelling? Sorry, I should have probably looked that up a bit um, before. Um, I think they were up near the top the last time I did see them. Sorry, that's just me getting my keyboard out. Um, they are last. Oh, well, there you are. I was completely <laughs> wrong. Don't listen to anything I say. <laughs> they um, yeah, haven't won a game. 188 points differential. 224 <laughs> scored against them. 36 points, four. So, yeah, should be a hopefully a big win for our... Under-18s girls. Yeah, very much so. So um, it, it's a bit difficult given there'll be um, – oh, no, Saturday's alone by itself, sorry. It's the Sunday where there's a clash between ISP and Flegg. Um, but in any event, uh, then into the mats on at 2.30 p.m., so following that 1 p.m. game, also against the Dogs, also at Belmore. Um, and how are both those teams travelling? Bulldogs are up the top in the Harold mats, aren't they? Um. 
eleventh, I think. Well, there you are. I, I have not done my I research. Mean, and to, shall to, to be to be fair, there is oh, a one. I, there is I a one and eleven. Mistaken. There's two ones and eleven, and obviously one is you know one one in it. So you're kind of half right. Where are, oh, sorry, no, they're fourth. Thanks, they're thanks fourth for trying. The oh, there we are. Oh, oh, I knew they were up here, the top in the map. <laughs> 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 um, so fourth, taking on the eels in position. So um, that'll be more of a tester because um, was it in the? No, it was in. It was in the flag last year where the Bulldogs knocked us out. Yeah. Um, but you know that that old rivalry back from the eighties, four premierships apiece in the eighties. Um, the Eels will want to be getting one over the Bulldogs. There they are. They've got three. Uh, sorry, we've got four wins. They've got three, but they've already had their bye. Um, so Eels are still without their bye, but they've got a, one win on the board over the top of that. So if we'd had our bye by now, oh, gosh, that. That came out a bit weird. <laughs> we, we would be up in fourth position. Um, so, uh, again, 2.30 uh, at Belmore on Saturday if you want to get out for some footy. Um, then on to SG Ball at 4 p.m., uh, also against the Dogs. Now, in this grade, the Eels are, as we touched on before, outright first, and the Bulldogs are down in 11th. Um, so they've got three wins to their name. We've got five with one draw. So really we should be, um, if the SG ball boys want to be sort of kicking on, um, they'll be wanting to get a win in this grade. Yeah, it's always uh, interesting up against the dogs. So they always in the juniors play up to us. And um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still unconvinced by our SG ball team. I know they're coming first and everything. I'm just... I'm really nervous for this game. I hope that Sam Hughes is back. I didn't. I don't think he played last week, but I'm not too sure. But if he is back, that'll be huge for us. Um, he'll clean up the middle a lot, add a lot of um, meters off the bench. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he's back. And then I should say in the Daily Cup, I don't believe it's this weekend. I think it's the weekend after. Um, but in that grade, um, daily, uh, the, the Eels in the Daily Cup will be taking um, on the other top scorer in the um, Northern Pool. Um, who Who is that in the Northern Pool? Is it the... Um, North Coast Bulldogs. The North Coast Bulldogs. Who they had um, a draw within round one. So it's a um, big game. Yeah, so evenly matched teams. Um, so we'll see uh, what the difference is from round one um, to now. And then the winner of that will play uh, against the Southern group um, the next following weekend. Um, So the junior reps are surely coming to a close. um, But almost all of our teams, but for the Johns Club, are in that top eight bracket um, and ready to challenge at least in the finals. Um, So hopefully they can keep strings and wins together and we'll see them uh, get up in the final series. Then on... Oh, sorry, Ham. Sorry, were you going to say something then? No, I just accidentally oh. knocked my mic. Sorry. Oh, my bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then on to Sunday in the Shield, uh, the Belmore is it Bel- no Bell Rose Eagles taking on the Guildford Owls at three pm at Watts Park. Don't know where Watts Park is, so uh, I'd go have a look, but you won't have time to get out to first grade. Um, and then in the Ron Massey Cup, Wenty taking on the Bulls at Ring Rose on Sunday, the twenty fourth. Then on to the flag, which will be prior to well, now they've they've shifted it to about five different spots, uh, <laughs> but they've got their their ducks in a row in the end, which will be the curtain raiser to first grade at one forty five pm at ANZ on Sunday the twenty fourth of March. Um, now, is there anybody in that flag team that sort of uh, piqued your interest there, Hammond Forty? 
Um, straight off the bat, Johnny Fanua. He's the captain of the of the side. Uh, just yeah, he's got a. Someone said to me the other day they're not sure if he's a foot. He's just another supporter. He's not. They're not sure if he's a fullback, but he's a footy player. Um, he's built like a, a sort of an old school second rower. Um, has a passing game of a half. Just plays really nice footy. He's not not as quick as your typical outside back, but yeah, you just you just got him. You just got to have him on the field, and I, I assume that's why he's a um, the captain of the team this year. He just he knows his footy and cool under pressure. Um, other than that, you know your typical ones: JP Nora, William Key, Bailey Biondiodo, Kyle Schneider, uh, Jesse Cronin, Harry Duggan off the bench. Um, yeah, it's good to, it'll be interesting to see them in their first hit out of the year and everyone should be getting down to ANZ early and watching the young fellas go around. Yep, I know I will on that Sunday, uh, which will unfortunately mean we miss, uh, the televised match on Channel 9 on today, being the ISP match between the Dogs and Wentworthville at Leichhardt Oval, which will kick off at 1.10pm. And yeah, as I just said before, on Channel 9, that's televised. So if you're not going to be able to get down to the first grade um, or you can't get down there for flag, um, chuck that on Channel 9 if you want to uh, watch a Ron Massey Cup team taking on a uh, reserve grade team. Unfortunately, Wenty don't have the um, the best lineup again this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough reading. Um, yeah, if they're competitive, they'll do well. That's that's pretty much. No. Oof, I don't even know if yeah, I don't even know if they'll be doing well with their competitive. You know, there's only um, what Parry, Fyinga, Lalesiwao, and Raystone who've trained with the first grade squad over the um, off season. I'll get, have to drop back, but yeah, what I saw against Penrith last week. And it looks like this week um, the Dogs have more first-grade players. Meany, John Olive, Jaden Ockenburg is a very good player. Hey, if uh, memory serves me correct, the Dogs won this competition beating Penrith in the, the grand final. Yes. Yes, that, they that, did. That, that ISP team that Penrith's got, I tell you what, they couldn't even beat the Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, former Eel Austin Diaz will be lining up against us. So... And probably the dog's best forward, Reese Martin, will also be lining up against uh, the Magpies. So yeah, he's not even yeah. on the extended bench of the first grade, so he's nah. obviously dropped in favour. Um, I, w- I was reading on, and I don't read it, but apparently there's some um, there's some board interference in relation to the team lineup. So um, um, I, I don't know how much to read into that. My God, that, not, that's the Paramount of Boards but... music right there. Jesus, that's um. That's right over, right over the um the early 2010s Parramatta playbook there. The old board well, there is the there is a lot of heat going on at the moment between. Um, well, let's jump into first grade then, and we'll start with the team list. So again, another Sunday afternoon um, at 4:05 p.m. That's two weeks in a row we get prime time slot on Sunday on Channel Nine Fox Live Pass, KO, etc., etc., etc. I think they'll be on the Triple M on the radio as well. Um, we're also forecast for a bit of uh, wet weather again. Um, so would we want to be staying right in because ANZ is notorious for being pretty slippery on those edges and easy to get bundled out. Uh, now there's some outs, the obvious ones, Michael Jennings, Nathan Brown, and we didn't touch on him, but Will Smith has also apparently succumbed to a broken arm. So seven to eight weeks, that's estimated at. 
And I saw in the news that um, Matt McElrick or McElrick, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, has been released from Souths, but there's nothing official to say that we've signed him, but apparently we're the front runners. Um, so potentially in the coming weeks, it, it definitely won't be this week because the papers haven't come through, um, but he could be an addition either to Wenty or on the bench for the Eels um, with Will Smith out. And I did see um, Will Smith came in with like that Manu Mau, um, that arm guard. It was a bit taped up or, um, that I saw on the, the Yeah, I think the he, he banged his arm up in one of the trials. I'm not sure. Um, did he play the, the Raiders trial? I'm not sure. No, maybe he didn't. So I think no, he, might have, he, he didn't. He might have banged his arm up in the Penrith trial. Um, yeah, so it might have been a pre-existing condition that was exacerbated in those condi- in those you know heavy um, conditions in the physical game that was played. Yeah, I did see one tackle about um, a minute and thirty out from full time, um, but there didn't seem to be anything in it. But he stayed on for the full until the till the siren. So um, just not sure on that. But yeah, the word out is a broken arm to Will Smith. Unfortunately, he's seen a bit of time on the um, the injury list too in last year or so. Um, so we'll definitely need to get another hooker because we're down to one. Um, after that, you'd have to be playing Ray Stone. I think that's probably the next call up because Nathan Brown has done a little bit of hooking, not much. Um, that yeah, other than apparently, well, actually, I forgot the main man Gutherson. He'll be playing in the nine jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, team list. Uh, fullback Gutherson on the wings, Maker Sivo and Blake Ferguson in the centres. Um, surprisingly, Josh Hoffman, um, but as we touched on, Will Smith out, so that's probably why uh, Jamin Salmon has got that bench utility spot and Josh Hoffman's picked up that centre position. Uh, Brad Takarangi also playing centre. Unchanged half pairing forwards. Junior Paulo returns to starting prop, and Dan Alvaro as well backs up. Reed Marnie at number nine, and then the back line only changed for Tepai Maroa coming into lock as opposed to playing prop. Sean Lane and Murata near Corey keep their spots. Then the interchange bench, Jamin Salmon, and the last three names are familiar from last week, Tim Manakane, Evans, David Gower. And then the reserve bench is Bevan French, Oregon, Oregon Kafusi, George Jennings, and Andrew Davey. And then into the Bulldogs, it's an unchanged lineup from last week. Uh, the team that got towed up forty to nil was it to nil or forty to six? Six, six. Yeah, they got that one try um, against the Warriors over in New Zealand. The Warriors obviously pumped up after the the awful events over in um, in Christchurch on Friday, um, getting a win there. But let's get to the team list. Fullback Will Will Hopawati on the wings, Christian Crichton and Ramiah Smith. Then in the centres, Kerrit Holland and Marcelo Montoya. Then in the uh, halves pairing, the old foe, Kieran Foran, uh, Lachlan Lewis. In the starting props, Aidan Tolman, uh, according to Des, the best prop in the, the game. And Dylan Napa, or as we like to call him, Big Puppy. Big Puppy. Big do, you have a big pu- do you have a big puppy drop for you? Oh, man. What, what have we got here? I don't know. There's... Yeah, we got Just the, shame. Get the uh, audio from the. Yeah. No, I don't. That's awful. Shame. Shame. <laughs> shame. Yeah, that, that's all I got from after those videos. I don't know if anyone outside the pod has seen them, but um, that's well, it's the shadow boxer taking on the. There's um, a, need, that's right. <laughs> the self um, proctologist need, needs a few of these. I across that video because there's a lot of naughty shit going on. <laughs> The shadow boxer taking on the proctologist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael Leiker at nine. Uh, In the second row, Josh Jackson 
and Raymond Tyler Mariner, and then Adam Elliott at lock. Then on the interchange bench, Jeremy Marshall King, uh, Full Arlo, Corey Harawira Naira, and Suaso Sue. Then the extended benches, Jack Cogger, Nick Meany, Chris Smith, and Ogden. Um, I don't see the top 17s changing too much between both of those teams. What, no. what are your takes? I think we have the opportunity to um, uh, drop Hoffman for Salmon and then bring an extra forward onto the bench if we're confident in Reed's ability to play the 80 minutes. But otherwise, I'd probably see we're going 1-17. to And for the Dogs, I don't think they've got much in their um, their shadow bench to you know play around with for their 1-17 to either. Yeah, and Reed got through, I think it was about 63 minutes. So... And and that was as well with having a 12, 12 men um, that, that's on the right. field the for a ten minute period. Load. Yeah. So um, it's not out of the realms of probability to potentially have um, that change and perhaps Oregon Kafusi coming onto the bench. Um, but we'll just have to see. Um, now, what do we see here, boys? Uh, coming off a, a really big flogging, they've been in the papers. Um, it, 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 was, it was pretty embarrassing, actually, to watch on the, the weekend. There wasn't really much doing. Um, this is something where I think we really need to bring that same physical intensity that we did last week and not take them, um, you know, to be a joke or, or anything like that because winning an NRL game is completely difficult mm-hmm. and it's going to be soggy conditions again on the weekend and we don't need it to make it harder than it needs to be. And we've had a history, especially against the dogs, of taking these games to the wire and them coming up one way or the other and, um, you know, really frustrating slogs to watch. Oh, 100%. Like, um, we can't be reading into our own – reading into their um, – dismay over the weekend we just need to exactly just turn up like we did against Penrith um go out there I think our forward pack will be unfortunately uh Nathan Brown is injured but the return of Junior Paulo will be huge um really need to you know let him get out there offload and all that sort of stuff um yeah it's sort of it's it is a worry game but I'm not sure if the dogs have the talent to overcome that. It'll be because we're not up to the chat. Like we drop the ball. We're not focused. Um, yeah, I can't see them doing it talent wise. That That's a good point that on paper, you know, you don't win games on paper, but you know, we should be winning and, you know, getting a solid win out. But, you know, Hamish pointed out that there's no easy games in the NRL. Um, we do have a good record against the dogs in recent times. Going back to 2016, we've um, won uh, five from six. And that one game that we lost last year was when Jennings had that, absolute Barry Crocker and and butchered I think two tries and maybe let another try in so um you know we could have been six from six from the you know since um 2016 against the dogs so we, we tend to match up pretty well from under Brad Arthur um so let's hope that we can get the win um win on Sunday because get two points uh two more points in the bank um, and you go onto a very tough stretch which we touched on earlier against the Roosters and the Sharks um but you know being sitting there two from two with the potential to go three from four or four from four would be pretty huge and I was having a, a listen to um, Lem on the weekend. Um, sorry, <laughs> he's just got into the <laughs> to the chat. Um, but anyway, he was saying those first six games, um, at worst, you want to be three from six in those first um, six matches. And as we've touched on, we've got some difficult games coming up against uh, the, the Sharks and also the Roosters, uh, who we're as him and 40 have both touched on, historically not great against those two teams. Um, but then if we look forward, and I know we're taking it one week by 
week by week. Uh, but then after that, we've got a round five at Raiders, um, who seem to be pretty on fire against a depleted um, Titans team, it must be said. And then the Easter Monday match against the West Tigers, which is usually a flip of the coin game, um, which of course will be the opening round at Bank West. Um, so we really want to turn up for that. But there's a string of a couple of tough games, um, two of uh, no, the two home games actually after that. So the next three games we've got is at ANZ. Um, although it's been in the paper that we don't have a home game, we're actually taking two games to ANZ, which are home games. Um, and one, of course, being an away game, but it's against dogs at ANZ. And then you've got to travel down to the nation's capital to take on the Raiders and then back for our um, game against at Bankwest. Or is it Wankbest? No, Bankwest. <laughs> <laughs> going, going back to the dogs game, um, oh, God, we, have to, we have to um, try and put score on as quick. Like, obviously, we want to score as much points, but we don't want to give them a hope that they're only one tribe behind and like they can win. Like, remember that game last year where they scored the chin in the last 10 minutes? Yeah. Like, from a flu, like Gufferson, one of the million that he missed kicks it. Like, so we've got to, <laughs> we've got to make sure the result's out of it so they can think, you know what, there's no points they can give up. But you know, I think just, if, we just, play our, if we play our game to our strengths and everything, it will just the points will just naturally come. I think that's something you touched on with SG Ball last week. You know, playing our game and don't worry about the scoreboard because things will tick, um, especially when you're looking at that, that dogs-halves pairing. It certainly, when the time was taken away from Lachlan Lewis last week, uh, he certainly wasn't the, um, well, as he was named to be, the, the prodigal return of, of the king. Um, and, of course, Foran, we know that he's, yeah, well... We just got to shut down Raymond, Fatella, Mariners offloads and Napa. Like, just cut down the uh, second-phase football and we should just roll right through them. So, if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, the last game Junior Paulo played for us against the Dogs, he went for over 200 metres that game. So um, hopefully he can repeat those sort of heroics on Sunday. That'd be pretty handy to have a you know 200-metre effort up front. But um, the way the pack's built now, we've got a lot of guys that'll you know put their hands up and work hard um, and let Junior hopefully just bring the impact um, more so than, you know, just getting bogged down doing, you know, uh, quantity over quality. Yep. So, um, and we've been tipped by Brett Kamali to win by eight, but Brett seems to have a bit of a soft spot, especially for um, Reed Marnie, who are uh, raking. Uh, I wouldn't say he's actually in Kamali's image, image really. What, what, what's his nickname now? The Terrier, not Cash <laughs> Marnie. God damn it. We even, we even know that sick $100 note thing for Cash Marnie as well. Sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll keep no, pushing 40, the cash come money. on. Give yourself credit. You made that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll like keep pushing cash DGT. money. That's right. I made this. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. And you'll hear at the top of the show, but that's another though by Woody. Um, which, no, I, I think we'll need a new one every that, that's, that's the plan. I've got, got, got a few things in the oven. And we've got something nice to close out the podcast this week as well. So that'll be cool at the end of it. I was thinking of um, the salmon dance, but if we've got something else, I'll, I'll whack that in. Oh, I was I was going with our um our, our play of the game, but we can do the salmon dance if you want. Well, how about we do play of the game and then we'll do a little bit of salmon dance. Wow, just to Dub- double production value! You hearing that, guys? All the listeners out there, this is what we're doing for you. We're stepping it up. We are the number one Parramatta podcast. <laughs> And you can just hear the, the the thought processes that have gone into this and, and the amount of preparation. It's not like we're... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. plugs, Bertie. Yeah, your brother's on the PS4. You were meant to be picking oh, up from, from TAFE. Like, 
look, I'm not a fighter, but he was so close to getting a black eye. He scared the shit out of me. He walked into my <laughs> our house because I was supposed to pick him up. Oh, shit. He took the bus. So I almost punched him. But yeah, going back. Um, oh, yeah, my Twitter. Yeah, Bevan Heaven won. Um, yeah, oh, I found the greatest gift ever. You know, thank you to whoever runs the Parameter Eels uh, Twitter page. Um, yeah, the, the Mirada gift. Oh, I had to download it, save it on my phone. It's every. Oh, you know what? I put it on my laptop. Anima- animated backgrounds, gonna, baby. Oh, you know what? This is my favorite player, Mirada. You know, like I don't, not in a creepy way, but like just. <laughs> I knew it. I knew the gamble was going to pay off. And, you know, people were saying he's going to start for Winnie, but you know what? He started for us on the weekend. So yeah. Um. Yeah, that's it. Really, nothing happened on Twitter. And then him. Oh yeah. Um. At ham sandwich twenty two on Twitter. Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember now. Oh, well. Too bad. And then 40. <laughs> Hello there. Hey, guys. I'm 4020. You can catch me and all of my mates at um, the Cumberland Fro, um, thecumberlandfro.com, obviously, at TCT on Twitter. Um, lots of cool stuff this week. Uh, we've broken down um, the Penrith win a number of ways now with a couple of different articles, and then we're getting into the um, upcoming Canterbury game. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff. Join us there. Is it, it's Mitch who does the post uh, grades, yes, post match yeah. grades, Mitch, doesn't Mitch he? Does he's, the... he's peaked. He's peaked for the season. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that one line had me in ditches when I was reading it. Hold on, I'm getting it up. It's uh... yeah, oh yeah. gosh, blends blends all of the um the topical stuff and the memes and whatnot. It's uh, it's a good reading, and then obviously grades are always a contentious um contentious topic. You know, everyone sort of thinks that one player deserves something you know better or worse than what they got. So it always drives yeah. a lot of discussion. It was it was pretty on point. He could have given it to anybody. Um, but in short, Fergo's running game today was so again an YouTube climate protest. <laughs> that was great. Um, but yeah, just touching on that Delhi M voting. So Mitch Moses picked up the three. I think Sterlo picked these. So Mitch Moses. Picked uh, no, Andrew Johns. Oh, Andrew Joey was okay. So Moses picked up the three. Um, two for Fergo, I think it was, and then one for, was it Murata? Lane, I think, got the uh, phone. Sean Lane. Yeah. Sean Lane. Wow. And, um, <laughs> that's interesting because he was, he was raving about Dylan Brown in the post game as well. So he um, obviously had a lot of people on his mind for the points. And I and just touching back to the game, uh, Murata, uh, there was obviously a, a plan to Nathan Cleary game, and I don't think Cleary sort of, uh, that that hadn't been on the tip sheet before the game because Murata <laughs> was just, Absolutely throwing himself at him. Um, yeah, I'll give it to your man, Bertie. He, he he was fearsome on the weekend, and he's really earned that second row spot, and he's going to be hard to oust um, when Manu Mau comes back. Um, all right, well, for us at Parapodcast and forward slash Parapodcast. Can we do a predictions for each game this year? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, I've, I, I told you, preparation, preparation, preparation. <laughs> <laughs> There's been zero today. Well, I had to stay home from work today, so it sort of thrown me off kilter. Um, looking after my daughter, she she, she had a st- kids. Don't run. Well, I hope no kids are listening to this, but don't run on concrete, okay? It you can, can have a stack. It can lead to some you can tragedy. open yourself yeah. up. And then, yeah. unfortunately, um, you might have an allergic reaction to the Band-Aids and the cream, and then you look like you've, you've been through 10 rounds with Tyson. <laughs> she had a, a face blown up today like oh, you, yeah, you wouldn't believe those puffy eyes. Um, but in any event, our predictions for the game. Birdie. Um, cool. Okay, if it's a dry track, I'm thinking 34 to 4. Um, yeah, first try score, I'm going with Mirage again. 
Um, Nathan Brown, not Nathan Brown, sorry, Dylan Brown will um, have four try assists this game. And Whoa. I'm talking about legit try assists. Like, he, this is going to be the coming. Like, I know I want him to have a slow grade, like Rise, but, you know, break out the Mankini, he's going to have a party. <laughs> 40. <laughs> Um, I think we want to, we want to get a good win here, so I'm going to go uh, 30 to eight. Get that um 22 points at the differential. Um, first try scorer. Let's give it to Maker Sevo. Get one of the rookies on. You know, he nearly had one obviously in round one before it was called back for that Michael Jennings high shot. Um, yeah, and last try scorer. Let's 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 back it up from last week. First try scorer, Maker Sevo. Last try scorer, Dylan Brown. Yep. Okay. Oh, um, a yawned intro, but anyway. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go 32 nil. I'm going. It's going to happen one week. Um, Sean Lane two tries. Hey, that's yeah. Actually... I'm going to go 16 to eight. Um, yeah, Coward. just wet weather football Coward. at ANZ, and we just seem to. I, I don't know what it is about the ball. Seem to play them close. Um, but I'm on your train, Ham. Uh, Sean Lane first try scorer against his. Was that his OG dog? OG club. Yes. Yeah. Um. So Sean Lane to, to really want to get in there and some of the lines he ran and unfortunately just the, the, the bounce of the ball defeating him on the weekend to getting a, another try to his name. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we'll def- we should get the win, but I just think it's going to be a bit of a grindy, frustrating affair in the wet, um, unfortunately, even though we should really, um, if, any, if, if the first week's anything to go by, we should be um, trying to really put um, some, some points on our points differential. Um, especially with the two games upcoming. Um, but again, only round one. Don't read too much into it. But four Panthers are going to not make the eight. That's my bold prediction. What was the score again? Uh, t- t- 20 to 12. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and it should be noted time, baby. that yeah. they could only score tries when there was 12 men on the field. So, frauds. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like scoring a bit um, number people. So, yeah. Yes. It- yes. <laughs> so just to wrap that up, the curse of what I was saying before, the curse of expectation or the curse of um, Sposter um, for Penrith, <laughs> they were meant to have the Clearies reunited and go forth and everybody puts them in their top four. But I think that's going to catch up to them this year. They, they weren't very impressive last year. Yes, they won a lot of comeback games, but they were awful for large parts. And the excuses just from everywhere after this game, is, it's, it's pathetic. Um, you know, and, and, and how sweet is it? Tamo comes out last week. We didn't put anything on the field in our <laughs> trial. We didn't put anything in the field in round one either, did you? <laughs> All right, well, that'll wrap us up. Um, fingers crossed we'll get over the, the, the stripe again against the Bulldogs, not getting too far ahead of ourselves a long um, season ahead, and hopefully we can string at least two wins together to start off the season, um, which will put us in good stead coming up against the Roosters and then the Sharks the week after. Uh, so, 40, you want to play us out? Yeah, play us out for one of the big moments from the round one victory over Penrith. So, enjoy Mitchell Moses' brilliant back-to-back goal win stand. Play. I've got room left. They're going to go that way through Campbell Gillard and Hedrington spins out. Campbell Gillard, yes, I think he got that. No, just short. They all thought he was over. It was only millimetres in a clearing gives it away. Barre's going to get the Blake, sorry, Blake scores. Well, Mitchell Moses saved the first try. Okay, tackle five. He's had a shot here at saving. I have no try. The second.
lovely stuff. All right, well, we'll catch you on the next Para podcast. Hello, Hopefully, boys and celebrating girls. a win. Cheers, my name is Fat Lou. And this is my friend, Sammy the Salmon. Today, we're going to teach you some fun facts about salmon and a brand new dance.